Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Drunk Friend podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Trav, Nest Friend. That's Alex, Nest Drunk. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you've seen it on the internet. It's got a lot of Super Nintendo games on there. But let's, you know, Alex, I want to I want to lead off. I want to lead off talking about one of my favorite people, which is Cuban Pete. <laughs> now, Cuban Pete has... Lo- I he- love this guy. I, I, I love his name, Cuban Pete. Cuban like, Pete. Why can't... Why can't you be like Virginia Trav? Why can't I be like New Mexico Alex? Alex Bukerke. We've talked about it. Yeah, Alex. I'm sorry. Alex Bukerke. Yeah, that's what <laughs> we're going with. That's perfect. That's so much better. Rolls off the rolls right off the tongue. It does something to the tongue. You're right. The Cuban Pete is one of my favorite commenters because he, he goes hard in the paint and outside the paint and in the, in the stands. He goes hard in the parking lot. He goes hard everywhere. And... I'm not belittling Cuban Pete. If you're a listener to this podcast, I want you to. I'm tipping my hat to you right now because I've never put this much effort into writing anything ever, and I've written a dissertation. So, the thing I like about this comment that I got on a Goonies video that came out last year sometime from my channel, I did a video that was Goonies and Goonies Two. Cuban Pete had some ideas. He had some ideas about how an official film sequel would go. he had some ideas and some emojis is what he, he had. He does like to be, he'll, he'll type something like the word movie. He'll slap an emoji in there. He'll say something like diamond. Put that diamond emoji in there so that you can read and see <laughs> what you're reading, which I appreciate. <laughs> but Tyrannosaurus Rex, not only did he put the ty- ty- the T-Rex in there, but he puts the Brontosaurus in there just as a, you know, as a bonus. Yes. Well, that's that's my favorite part about this is that I didn't read it. And <laughs> But but I can glance at parts of it and be extremely entertained because I feel like the whole context that Cuban Pete's given here, I don't know if I can, honestly, I don't know if I could fathom it. It's 36 lines. I didn't even know YouTube would let you do that. And he he pointed out some things that I thought were interesting. Like, number one, he wants uh, John Matuzak as Sloth to be brought back, which I think is great. He wants to recast the whole thing. Is he still Cor- alive? I have no idea. The guy said, "Hey, you guys, you know, you got Sean Astin still around, Josh Brolin. I'm on it. I'm, I'm into that. But at some point later, if you, if you look away and you look back, you start seeing other names in here because you know there's a there's a Macho Man Randy Savage reference in here somewhere. (laughs) There's Al Pacino in here, and then you maybe you look at maybe you take a sip of coffee, you look back, and then you're right, Alex. There is." Three lines listing out dinosaurs. He's got the tri- <laughs> the Tyrannosaurus Rex in here, the Triceratops, the Brontosaurus, the Stegosaurus, the Pteranodon. And I don't I don't want people to think like, wow, Cuban Pete. Woolly Mammoth. Yeah, I don't want people to think like Cuban Pete. You know, he doesn't. He's crazy. No, all of these dinosaurs, I'll say, properly capitalized, all spelled correctly. I know what these dinosaurs are. I don't. I didn't have to guess that he was trying to tell me Pteranodon. No, he spelled that shit just right. He lists off a ton. Even yeah. one I don't even know the gigant the gigantopithecus, which is and then he in a parenthesis says it's a giant orangutan ape like he knew I didn't know but he yeah was, and and yeah. he and he put it in uh, he even put the orangutan emoji in there just to make sure that you he would, did you know to hammer that point home not only that but he's like are we're it's gonna be stop motion animated by Jim Danforth and the Chiodo brothers mm-hmm. and even creature animatronic. By Carlo Rambaldi, and then the the special effects are going to be done by uh, Ernest Farino. This guy has the entire like crew laid yeah. out for this movie. It- he and uh, and he says the film critics with a film camera emoji. Uh, Siskel and Ebert might give it two thumbs up. 
and then a thumbs up emoji or down thumbs down emoji but film film emoji critic leonard malton <laughs> might think with a think cloud that goonies 2 movie film emoji you know just in case might be a terrible film film emoji sequel <laughs> but it turns out to be a knockoff of other films of the past like king kong night slash 1976 the Blue Lagoon, 1980. Yeah. Why would he think this would be a ripoff of The Blue Lagoon? What the hell? See, you've d- you made the mistake, Alex. You started reading it. Don't read it. You just look at it. You look at a couple words, you're like, <laughs> yeah. look away. Because yeah, if you read it, you're like, whoa. You're, exa- you're exactly right. I'm starting to read it. I read past three lines, and now I'm on The Blue uh, Like, he wants a Goonies sequel to be comparable to The Blue Lagoon, which makes no sense at all. Unless he wants, you know... uh Brooke Shields to be in this movie, which yeah. is odd. E- I, even though he doesn't mention Brooke Shields by name, but Nate, you're starting yeah. you're starting to you're starting to turn into Cuban Pete right now. You need to calm down. <laughs> you need to calm down. I, I but Cuban Pete, thank you so much for that extremely long comment. Uh I, I hearted it. I think that's fantastic. I love I love all fanfic Goonies two slash three concepts. <laughs> right. I think that's great. Right. And you can tell Cuban Pete knows a lot about film and dinosaurs, which is I mean, who else could you say that for besides maybe Michael Crichton? So, yeah, I was yeah, I was gonna say that's a great point, Michael Crichton. Yeah. So there you go. So Cuban Pete, uh, what's what's been on your radar lately, Alex? Uh, I had a great comment. Did you have any fun comments or anything going on there? Well, what I wanted to do, uh, I had a uh, <laughs> a recent video on Rockman and bass, and it is bass. It's not bass like the fish. Unfortunately, I'd love to, you know Mega Man to be. You know, like the uh, Mega Man fishing game. I mean, we had Mega Man soccer. Why not, Why not fishing? Man? Yeah. Why not fishing? But, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm a smart ass, or as Al Michaels likes to say, uh, he's a bit of a rascal at heart. So, <laughs> I love being like a, a huge smart ass at any chance I get. I, I had an opportunity here because, because I was like, okay. Uh, this game is is called in um uh in Japan Rockman and Forte, so I I copy and paste the kanji into Google Translate and it says Rakuman and Forute, so I'm like okay I'm like is is that like legit like am I supposed to say Forute for everything? And then eventually I just reach a point where I'm like fuck it I'm just gonna fucking say I'm not gonna go as far <laughs> as say Rakuman because that's ridiculous. But yeah. Forute is a is a bridge I can cross. It's not a bridge too far for me. It's a bridge I can cross. That's right. So I was like, "Fuck this! I want it. I want all the ped- I want the, all the pedantics out there. To you don't pronounce stuff correctly. Oh, nonsense. Fine. Good. I'm glad I don't. Here's here's Forute up your freaking windpipe. And <laughs> I got so many comments about like that's how it's supposed to be. Well, actually, yeah, how of course. How it's with a with a you know when you're an actual Japanese person because it's an Italian word. <laughs> oh gosh! And I'm like, thank you for proving my point. I you know it sounds like some sort of like retroactive master plan or something like that. It's. But it, and it's absurd. Of course, it's absurd. It's fucking. I'm talking about 16-bit video games. But it's yeah. No, I wanted to uh, just make fun of how people just care about that kind of stuff without being like overly obvious about it. I guess. But yeah, to be completely honest with you, Trav, I wasn't sure if it really was 
forte or forute or whether that was a thing, but um, an Italian word or what. I, I want to be a slave to Google Translate from now on. That's, that's my point. <laughs> I, I I want to like do everything it says, but, but when it says Raku man, like I'm not doing that. Yeah, like, that seems that's too on the nose. But I think so. Forute is a little too is 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 perfect for me. All those comments that came in saying like you weeb and all this sort of stuff, I was like, good. Uh, I'm very <laughs> very happy to hear that. Yeah, I think I think we're both uh, appreciative of some constructive criticism, but it's always fun to poke those ones that don't know how to deliver that type of criticism without pushing their glasses so far up their face. And <laughs> totally. you can really get that tone like through a, through a YouTube comment. I can tell when someone pinched their nose when they said it, you know, and that that's the thing that annoys me. I mean, we're all trying to have fun yeah. here. They scrunch their face, they 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 frown, and then they go, you know, they, they go. Actually, no, I'm sorry. That's my favorite. Just, my favorite thing that you do, yeah. no matter how a loud lot of you people do it. like that. But I told you last week that some people don't. So I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I know. I. It's Pearl's what? fault because it's her voice. It's it her. is. Well, actually, yeah. she she stole it from like. A so technically, her voice should be or her feelings should be hurt since you're technically making yeah. fun of her. Um. <laughs> I did a video on Toxic Crusaders, which is a Tromaville yeah. property, and boy, what a disappointment. You and I were talking about this a minute ago. That game should be a thousand times better than it really is. I know, right? You're dealing with, uh, I mean, the comment there in the old video, but you're basically, uh, you know, Swamp Thing trying to pass as a Ninja Turtle, and, uh, you know, I'm not against that. You got a mop, you got a, You already have uh, a melee weapon built into the cannon, but goddamn, does it just suck? It's so bad. Honestly, I guess it's not as bad as it is disappointing. There are worse games on the NES. There's maybe even worse beat-em-ups on the NES, but it's such a by-the-numbers thing that has bad hit detection and uh, really just tried to get by on the cover art and the, and the cool, quote-unquote, 90s cool premise that it tried to deliver. Yeah, it was like... You know, to be honest, like you know, I, I think Captain Planet tried to do... Like, saving the environment is cool, but mm-hmm. like... Toxic Avengers, I think, did a better job of that because it was like, look what happened to me. I'm a mess <laughs> because of pollution, you know, or whatever. I don't know what they're... I don't even know if that's the actual, like, message of Toxic Crusaders, but... Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. But, yeah, I th- it, it it's one of those games where you see it and you think it should have been, like, an arcade game. Like, the, the sprites should be twice as big as they are. They should be fighting, you know, like these huge enemies and, you know, imagine like a Knights of the Round type game, only it's Toxic Crusaders characters and enemies. Like, man, oh man, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Like a Capcom adaptation of that. But unfortunately, uh, what was the developer like Taxon or something like that? I can't remember. Uh, Toes. 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 Maybe. So like actual Toes. Did the development of Toxic Crusaders literally on digits on someone's literally bare feet? Yes, yeah, that's what I was getting at, and uh, they should have been uh, removed. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, Toxic <laughs> Crusaders was, was a. Uh, it should have been like way better. I remember thinking that uh, even when I was a kid. Yeah. I was like, when I saw the, uh, it was a Saturday morning cartoon for like a year. That's right. And I remember seeing it and being like, this isn't, this seems like it should be fun. It's not. 
it's <laughs> have you looked it's just at kind of uh, not have you looked at the genesis version for your for your channel because no it, it is not. different enough i think to it's certainly more interesting than the nes one it might be worth i don't know if you'll want to cover it but you might want to take a gander at it to see if it's something you might because it is different enough to to warrant its own explanation is it a beat-em-up still or what do you do? It is. I feel like it really it borrows a lot more from the turtles recipe. Like you start out on a skateboard. Oh, okay. uh, you have some oh, different characters sure, sure, that sure, you can yeah. you can switch from. So you don't you're not just the one guy, and the characters have yeah. some different abilities. So there's some variation there to keep it. It's it's much well, more interesting cool. than the NES, NES version. But yeah. I tried to play it a little bit, and it was. I don't. I was Rough. playing it on an emulator. How dare you, Trav? You play on an I'm emulator, saying, and all your credibility is gone. I know. I, know. I just is. wanted to say, like, I don't know if it was the emulation or the, the or the lag or whatever, but I couldn't control the fucking thing. Like, I had the skateboard. I couldn't keep it straight. <laughs> I kept getting hit by cars constantly. So I don't know. Could just be me. Is all I'm saying. Oh, story of my life. Kept get, getting hit by cars. Classic Alex. Classic Speaking of Alex. Oh boy, no segue there. Rockman and Bass, huh? <laughs> Base? You tried, but it didn't work out. <laughs> Rakuman? Yeah. And- Rakuman and Forute. Yes, as, just as I alluded to earlier. <laughs> I just wanted to be a big fucking smartass, as as much of a smartass as I could. Um, yeah, uh, Mega Man and Bass. Um, because, and, it, and it's uh, it's not Bass. It's I know, I know, I know. Uh, because, um, yeah, his, his wolf friend is named Treble, which kind of gives that away but anyway his wolf friend doesn't really show up in this game unfortunately which would have lended the game a lot of uh, replay value he only shows up in the form of like helper stuff you can buy in the shop uh after you collect a certain amount of bolts and all that sort of stuff but by the way i'm talking about a Mega Man game here when i'm talking about shops and bolts and all that crap and strangers yeah it's stupid like come on you're Mega Man. be Mega Man. disrupts the flow yeah, it does. Um, I wish this game was uh, better than it is. Uh, it's way too hard. It's it's way too hard. It's so stupidly hard. You just need to get um, good, Alex. Oh, gosh, I need to get good. I need you to sit down and play this game for 700 straight hours, <laughs> just like the Dark Souls series, because... If you don't get good, then you don't deserve to say a word about the game. But <laughs> if I played this game for 700 hours, like I, like Nerd Voice just said, I would be miserable because there's so many insta-deaths in this game. Oof. Uh, it, there's so many, like, spikes, you know, just... Uh, it's one thing for, to you know, at least like when you play something like Ninja Gaiden. Like, Ninja Gaiden's got a health bar. Mega Man's got a health bar. It's like, use the health bar. That's why it's there. But no, we we have to you know incorporate all this other crap in there just to you know for, I don't I don't know it's it just it's it's bad it's not it, here's the thing though when it comes to Mega Man <laughs> I, I tried to go over this when I was uh, at the end of the video it's like even a bad Mega Man game is better than like your average game it's it's like I it's like pizza it's like even sure. shitty Jack's Pizza is better than like eating ramen well maybe it's not yeah and but, i'm no uh, pizza snob you could hand me like uh, like a hubcap and and put i don't know <laughs> screws on the it oven and i'll be like is this pizza it is oh this yeah. is great so i get yeah. that yeah 
Yeah, give me a give me a hubcap, give me a Chrysler hubcap from mm. 1985. Oh man, throw that in the oven. Good year. Oh yeah, throw some uh, Mexican cheese on there. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's my shit. That's pizza. But um, yeah, it's um, I I just wish it was better because it's Mega Man, and you should expect better because it's Mega Man, but it's not. And um, it's it was it's funny to me because it was one of those videos where I got a million comments, like way more comments than I normally do. But lay, but a lot fewer views than <laughs> I normally get. I, I have I'm up to 461 comments on the video, uh, and it was just posted yesterday. We're we're recording this on a Wednesday, and uh, that's almost as many as, um, or I should say, that's more than uh, Toy Story got, which was the video that posted the Tuesday before. Interesting. So I, we have lots of Mega Man fans that are very vocal. But <laughs> not nearly as many casual viewers that just come by and just watch. Yeah. Uh, I will say I don't normally comment on your stuff because I just go into Discord and I say, hey, Alex, shitty video. <laughs> <laughs> but this time you, you got me, you compelled me to comment because you, you made uh, an obscure, not really an obscure because everyone should know Greg Gagne, but oh. you made a, a baseball reference and oh, I, I felt compelled to point that out. So you, you even know, got me you know, out there so, commenting. What? what what made me laugh was some guy thought I was I was referring to Greg Gagne, the the son of Vern Gagne, the AWA wrestler. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that guy was a and guy. And I didn't even think of that until he was... And I was like, that's the wrong Greg Gagne. Oh. <laughs> I meant Greg Gagne, the twins shortstop. Oh, Gagne. I even said Gagne here. Man, see? No, I'm it's Greg Gagne. Greg Gagne and, uh, but Greg Gagne is the son of... Uh, the the overpushed son, if there's any uh, old school AWA wrestle, uh, wrestling fans watching, watching, listening, what what the hell? My Mean Gene Okerlund fans, if you're watching right now, like, <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? But anyway, um, these are the fun facts people come here for, though. So keep keep going. <laughs> Greg Gagne and Greg Gagne are two different people. Greg Gagne, two time World Series champion, by the way, great uh, shortstop. Very good fielder, um, very gangly kind of a guy. Uh-huh. You'd think a guy named Gagney yeah, would be like super buff, <laughs> but uh, I guess you no, would. he's not. Yeah, I, I'm just very interesting. Su- that's called superfluousness. If you guys want more Trav- Gagney and Gagne news, we got it coming up on the next episode. But first, Willow <laughs> on the NES. Yeah, Willow is a. Uh, different than the arcade game Willow, uh, and it's also different than the uh, Commodore 64 Amiga Willow, which is absolutely a train wreck of a game. Oh. Terrible game. Um, I mean, it's not even a game. It's a, it's like five mini games. And oh, gross. It tries to follow. The, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, but the, the arcade game Willow is awesome, and the NES game Willow is also awesome. It's like a just a top-down RPG, uh, kind of like Crystallis or... Yeah. You know, it's a little bit Legend of Zelda-ish, only there's, like, experience and, you know, leveling and all that good stuff. And, you know, move you move from screen to screen and uh, explore and fight monsters and all that sort of stuff. The thing is, though, the game makes it really easy to just, like, skip every enemy. Like, oh, what? Your only incentive to to fight monsters is to level up. And once you've realized, like, oh, I only need to be at level eight or level 10 to fight this boss you know it's just a matter of patience at that point it's just like oh i hit him i back off i hit him with this spell i back off 
yeah but yeah. interesting anyway i enjoyed the movie when i was a kid it was one of my favorites and then i tried to watch it again as an adult and i was like this movie is way too fucking long it's only two hours but for some reason around like the one hour yeah. mark i was like i think i'm done yeah the good movie's movie, it is a good movie um for some reason the voices in that movie really annoyed the heck out of me like the the voices of you know i'm sorry to say but like warwick davis his voice uh is just like ugh, like on my ears like scratching my eardrums mm-hmm. and the two guys uh the little guys the 3po r2d2 ripoffs that uh <laughs> you know those those clear influences there th- those guys voices they're like the chipmunks basically are you cuban peating me right now what's going on i might yeah <laughs> here's the thing here's how i would remake <laughs> no. Willow, <laughs> we're going to bring in this technical group. No, I don't know. <laughs> but no, I get you. I, I think I I think I remember that being a part that I was like, I don't like, I don't like this. It's a little too grating. Yeah, I, I, that's my biggest problem with this. The movie didn't sound good to my ears. Yeah, but that if Val that Kilmer, what a hunk. What a hunk. All right. What a piece of ass. No, <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Okay, uh, I guess we got some emails real quick before we get to our guest. So, uh, how long have we been talking? Is this like twenty minutes already? So like, it's Jesus. pretty long. Uh, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'll start. Uh, cool. uh, Josh says "barasho" means drunk. Sup, guys? Oh, good to know. By the way, yeah, "barasho" means drunk. Um, okay. I just he says I just finished the "cannot be tamed again" episode. And needed to correct Trav. Oh. Sorry, Trav. My Mexican bones just had to intervene. Well, actually. Anyway. Well, actually. Yep, oh, exactly. I guess. Oh, you know, he's. Yep. Okay. Because we said something about Baracho. We didn't know what it meant or something. Yeah. Okay. From a previous email. Gotcha. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate guest. that. So he's in. We just kind of brushed off the word Baracho because we didn't know what it meant. Sure. Um. Anyway, I, ju- I wanted to ask y'all. Are we sure this guy's not from Texas or something? Could be. If there are any consoles you have not played at all or have really limited exposure to but want to dive deeper into eventually. Mine would be the Dreamcast. I have yet to ever hold that weird controller in my hands. Thanks and adios, Josh. I like... I'm really into like weird... Not weird, but the the B team of consoles, right? So I, I sought out a 3DO and... I don't know. I just like weird shit, right? I have a game yeah. com for crying out loud. Um, you have a, a tiger game com. Oh, by I'm the sorry. Way. Yeah, I should have been. Um, yeah. I should have given it a little <laughs> more respect. But there are some that I want to get a hold of that I don't have. Um, there are some handhelds specifically, like the uh, the Links and the Neo Geo Pocket Color that I'm. Oh, I would yeah. love those. Oh, Neo Geo Pocket Color is legit. Really, yeah, I really good. want to get my hands on those. But I don't have one, and I've never touched one. Uh, my old roommate had one of those. He had he had a Sonic game. He had um, uh, Bust a Move. Oh, what else did he? He had some like weird uh, Street Fighter card fighter game where the fighting was done through cards, like card trading, kind of like Yu Gi Oh. Oh. Only it was a fighting game. It was cool. I liked it a lot. This was in my tech school days, like back in the early two thousands, and he was like the only person in the universe to me that actually owned one of these like weird hand. He might things. still be. So I've it was yet to see one. Yeah, uh, he might. Yeah. <laughs> uh, knowing him. Yeah. It's, there's a good chance of that. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked uh, that one. 
Um, for me, I really, I, first of all, I love the Dreamcast, and my old, that the same guy I'm referring to, my old roommate, had a Dreamcast. We played lots of uh, Crazy Taxi. Uh, Virtua Tennis was a big hit with us. Uh, love that game to this day. Um, what else was there on Dreamcast? Uh, I remember when, is it Shenmue or Shen? Should I be the pedantic again and say Shenmue? <laughs> no, please don't. It's Shenmue, right? <laughs> I think it's Shenmue. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we're going to be like proper Americans, then we say Shenmue. But if we're going to be like pedantic assholes, then we say Shenmue. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. Um, well, actually, um, yeah, no, it, but mine would probably be the Sega Saturn. There's a lot of the best games that I have that are on that system that I haven't spent nearly enough time with. I'm talking about like Guardian Heroes, uh, Nights into Dreams, like that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, man, you got to get a Saturn. Um, What's wrong? Yeah, I really, I, you know, I almost did get a Saturn. Uh, when was it? Like 2007, I think. I had a Craigslist guy <laughs> that um, got one and I chickened out at the what? last second. I felt, ba- I felt bad. I was, how old was I in 2007? I would have been like 24, 25. And I was very, 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 like, reluctant to, like, meet people. Oh, okay. You didn't want to get Craig stabbed. <laughs> and yeah. I, I didn't... I, I thought this guy was going to, like, shank me with, like, a wooden thing that he, like, carved himself or something. Which would have been like, impressive, because no one puts their their own work into it anymore. They just go buy knives, but... Yeah, they just go and yeah. they they take a, a they go to the army surplus store and buy a freaking <laughs> you know. But, whatever. Well, we need to get you uh, one. You yeah, got to get that, um, and you then then one day a switch, and then you'll be cool in everybody's eyes. I think people will stop picking on old Alex when he gets those two systems. They could pick up me all they want. I don't care. <laughs> go ahead. Pick it's on Forte. Me. Pick okay. Pick away. Oh, Forte. Uh, and he says thanks and adios. Thank you, Josh, for the for the email there. Thank you, Josh. And if you have a, an Atari Lynx, please send it my way. Okay, up next we have, uh, I'm not convinced it's not Alex using a pseudonym, but it's uh, Adam slash the coffee snob. Uh, Alex seems like he'd be snobby about coffee, I'm not sure. But he says, hello, friends, who may or not may or may not be drunk, and usually Alex is, so very good. Well, actually, he says, uh, wanted to say that I've been enjoying listening to you guys these last few months while I've been... Waiting out the tail end of this pandemic slash quarantine. The casual shooting the shit style of convo just makes me long more to hang out with my friends and family again. But for now, you guys are filling a void in my life. That's good to hear, Adam. Thank you. That's cool. Uh, he says, I had two questions, each inspired by a recent episode. First, when you talked to some call me Johnny and you got into the thick about coffee, my snob alarm started going off. I'm the kind of coffee drinker <laughs> who owns a grinder, has four different machines to make coffee with, none of which are an automatic, use a kettle, I, I use a kettle that sets the temperature to the exact right degree, usually 205, only uses a fair trade single origins cool. bean, etc., etc. With that said, number one, would you let me make you a cup of some fancy joe, or would you be morally opposed slash have an aversion to it? And I will just go ahead and answer that and say, please make me some fancy joe. I love all kinds of shit. Please, that sounds amazing, especially if you're you're cooking it to a, the specified specifications of two hundred five oh, yeah. degrees, two hundred five degrees. If that's Fahrenheit, then that would be fair. If that's Celsius, that would not be the proper temperature. <laughs> I'm afraid to say. Uh, so good, man. It's very good. Uh, he says, <laughs> and number two, at a Starbucks or similar, what is your go-to order? Ugh, Starbucks is gross. Oh, here's um, this is, this is a coffee snob coming is, out. Okay, all right. 
Yeah, Starbucks is, is an inferior product. I do not appreciate their product. Yeah. Um, unless we're talking, you need to buy local. Listen, <laughs> you need to think global, but you need to buy local. You need to understand that, Trav. Gotcha. And you need to understand that Adam slash coffee stamp. Here in New Mexico, we have a place called uh, uh, Satellite Coffee, and then we also have Humble Coffee, and then we have a coffee stand that you should be by where I'm getting burnt Cuban, out. You're Cuban running out of me. saliva. Yeah, I'm running out of saliva for my tongue <laughs> here. Um, uh, we used to have a like a little stand that we would go to that popped up when the quarantine started. It was really nice. Um, I would run over there and get like a lavender uh, mocha for my girlfriend, which she really likes. And I would get just like a cappuccino or, you know, something really simple. But um, yeah, my go-to order is usually something extremely caffeinated and uh, something really simple. Whatever has the most amount of caffeine and is just like the least amount of ingredients, I guess. I like black coffee. Uh, I do need cream in there. No sugar. Uh, what about you? I don't typically order coffee when I'm out. I'm just realizing, but I drink it every day. My wife makes a pot for us, so I wake up to some coffee. I don't know what sh- coffee she uses. I'm I love coffee, but I have no fucking idea what I'm drinking. If you just hand me a cup of something dark and brown and tell me it's hot, I'm probably going to assume it's coffee, and I'll probably like it. So I'm just not picky. What if it's What if it's uh. You, you ever accidentally drink some like uh, some some like some ten W forty motor oil or something like that? Like it's just Aveline? <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> I, was, I was I was gonna say uh, what's what's the vernacular for uh, tobacco spit? Uh, I think you I think that's it. <laughs> tobacco spit. Okay, All right. I thought it, I thought there was like a fun word. There for might it, be like chaw. I think that's when it's inside your mouth still. Ch- yeah, yeah, that's when it's still in your in your lip, chaw juice. But, um, I, I kind of chaw juice. A picture. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> It does. Oh, God, that's horrifying. There is a famous, uh, not famous, but there is a uh, story of, um, who was it? I think it was one of the Dudley boys or something like that in wrestling. Or one of the, it was some like tag team guy. I remember that much. That um, he grabbed a a, a cup from a fan at ringside uh, and he wanted to uh, throw it in his opponent's face. You know, just, oh, you know, yeah. he's a heel. Yeah, he, I can see where he wants this is to be going. a dick. And it was nothing but... Uh, chow juice. Craw juice. Yeah, chow juice. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was all over this guy. And you could tell it was... I, at first, it, I think even the announcers were like, oh, he threw coffee at the guy. And it's like, no, man, that ain't coffee. <laughs> that sucks. And it's like, boy, I tell you what, that ain't coffee right there. You know, <laughs> the the guy in the stands looked like Boomhauer. Yeah. You know, the guy had a had a freaking uh, uh, fat lip for sure. I might legitimately but, uh, start fighting at that point if someone threw that at me. I'd be like, kayfabe <laughs> is off. I am mad. I wish I remembered. I I want to say it was ECW or something like that. This is like '90s. So hopefully, someone will will. Uh, email us and say like oh actually that was that uh you know the, the, the takamichi noku against uh the great Sasuke <laughs> in uh you know i whatever. hope they do i hope they do that'd be great yeah uh here's hoping fingers crossed, fingers crossed. toes crossed all right we have uh he has a second part of his question even though he said he had a couple questions and he asked two questions already he's got another second section with a different question he says second uh avgn has come up a lot in conversations on the show particularly with johnny ethko it made me wonder what game would you do an AV, avgn style episode of of that he hasn't covered 
And would you do anything apart from the play the game to make it special? Example given, I'm guessing Alex would do Bill Lambeer's combat basketball and find a way to have Bill Lambeer make a cameo. Not sure what game Trav hates with that much passion, though. Thanks for reading, and happy St. Paddy's Day. Just missed it. Adam slash the coffee snob. Happy holidays, Adam. Happy holidays, buddy. Uh, good question there. I, we're, we're huge fans of, of AVG in here. As it turns out, for my favorite system, uh, James Rolfe has dunked on just about all the shitty games already. And I tried to think of a few, and I looked him up. I'm like, oh, yeah, he does have a video on Wayne's World. I forgot. So I I just don't know. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he has, there's a shit ton of videos. There's, there's ones I've forgotten that I'd seen that I know I've watched. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for me, obviously, you know, Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. Fuck that game. Um, <laughs> you know, just I, you know, it, it, it's it. I, I just sh- I shared this earlier today. I think actually, where um, I uh, actually Google or I, I search on YouTube Michael Jordan Bill Lambeer just so I can watch Michael Jordan dunk on Bill Lambeer, just for fun. Yeah, that and that felt good. I guess. Ah, it's just fun to watch. <laughs> just like I, I cathartic if... to see Bill Lambeer suffer. Was that? Well, was it's, that it I, I, it, it's till, killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> it's I get to watch the greatest of all time against the worst of all time. So I, I get to you know it's it's two things accomplished in one video. So there you go. And there's a lot out there. There's a surprising amount of Michael Jordan, Bill Lambeer. You know they those Pistons Bulls playoff series were intense and that's true they kicked the shit out of jordan back then and it was not cool um <laughs> until 91 came around and then jordan kicked the shit out of them finally pippen did too especially but anyway but yeah yes i'm sorry adam i don't really have a good I, everything that i thought of james rolf has already done i thought of shack foo i'm like he's already done shack foo but rocky and bullwinkle there was already one a rocky and bullwinkle video so i don't know i really don't yeah, when it comes to NES, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, I'm screwed. Totally I don't screwed. know what you do, Ugh. but um, you'd have to go backwards to like ColecoVision or something. I don't know. Maybe I would do Little Nemo. No, I'm kidding. Oh, sick burn. That's just that's anyway. a joke. I love Little Nemo <laughs> for good reason. Next, e- next email we got is Ryan. Hey, fellas. Uh, I just caught up on episode 42 with Cannot Be Tamed Again, and I wanted to say I really enjoyed the guest co-host format. I also got a kick out of Pickle Corner. <laughs> Man, I forgot about How that. How loaded were we? I got uh, I got a, a last week I I did get a giant dill pickle with my sandwich and it was you know, from Grubhub and I was I was really happy. I I did take a big ass bite out of it. Uh I didn't finish it. I just took a bite out of it. Huh. Just so everyone knows that's just Alex talking. That's not the email. He's just talking <laughs> just reminiscing about a good pickle he had lately. That that's just <laughs> Well, you know me. I got to reminisce about pickles. Uh, Yeah. uh, Anyway, Ryan continues. uh, I also got a kick out of Pickle Corner, which reminded me of my own pickle obsession. When I worked at Dairy Queen in high school, I would swipe a few slices direct from the five gallon bucket whenever I was in the fridge. Probably about three dozen per shift. Whoa, 36 pickles a shift? Dude. (laughs) Ryan. Man, oh man, that's that's a that's a a misdemeanor robbery at that point. I think (laughs) I think Dairy Queen could could still take action. I don't know if you want us to publish this. I I love this email because it reminds me of Dairy Queen. There's no Dairy Queens down here in Albuquerque. Are are there Dairy Queens in Virginia? 
Yeah. What's wrong with Albuquerque? Really? Does it just melt inside because it's so hot? Ah, probably. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. You'd think they'd thrive here, but they're no, not a single Dairy Queen. And there's tons. Uh, the original Dairy Queen, I think, it's the is in North St. Paul, I think. Um, it's got one of those, it's got your classic, like, walk-up booth. Um, yeah, I love the, I, Dairy Queen, their hot food is, is I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's flat out, like, a dumpster fire. Like, it's terrible. Yeah, I'm not big like, into it. Is, it. Gr- it's aggressively bad. Like the fries are uh, like what you can't sell these. Like these are awful. <laughs> you can't. But, <laughs> but um, they're they're blizzards and stuff like that, dude. One of the worst stories I can tell is I remember showing up to work and I had a few drinks the night before. I was feeling shitty, and um, this is like 2009, I think. And I was working in downtown Minneapolis at the time, and so I went down the Skyway. And I went to the Skyway Dairy Queen and I it was like 9 a.m. It was right when they opened. No, it had to have been like 10 a.m. or something like that. But I the point is, it was the morning <laughs> and I had I, I was like, I was so I was feeling so shitty from the night before. I was like, you know, it sound good right now is like an Oreo blizzard. So I, I got myself an Oreo blizzard without eating anything else. And not 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 great logic there. Not not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, really screwed up my stomach. I bet, yeah. <laughs> I spent like 30 minutes in the bathroom. It was, yeah. Uh, you don't want to have a, uh, a an Oreo blizzard when you're hungover. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound... <laughs> and you have nothing else in your stomach. Jeez. You're... That was bad. That wasn't good times. That was bad times. As, as Alanis Morissette once said, you live, you learn. And I think you learned <laughs> something that day, and which is good. Uh, you also lahoos you learn too, but yeah, lahoo. <laughs> That's different. I see what you did there. I see it, what you did yeah, there. well, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I looked it up, by the way, and I know. Gosh, we're just belaboring this. We need to get to the guest, but I spy seven Dairy Queens in the Albuquerque what? area. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Okay. You Albuquerque. Got, you got one over there on Coors Road Northwest. You got one That's over there on Isleta Boulevard. Got yeah, one on Catherine Avenue, Louisiana Boulevard. Cottonwood, but that's in the mall. Yeah, Cottonwood's the mall. Um, what the hell? Why haven't I I spy? Let's see, Dairy Queen. We have to. I'm All sorry, right. folks. We have to get to the bottom we, of this. I've, we're I've, doing this now. I feel like um, Alex needs wait to wait a second. You know what it is? What is it? The one nearest to me is a Dairy Queen Grill and Chill. I'm staying the hell away from that because that is garbage. That's hot food. Um, and I'm just gonna puke when i see that i mean are you are you saying that they just don't have ice cream in a dairy queen grill and chill because there's chill there there's chill right there in the name it's got chill in it uh it's just oh there's another grill and chill down by the um uh what do you call it route 66 oh my god what a disaster um but you're the thing is though is that you're right um this uh dairy queen is in albuquerque and that's uh gross negligence on my part yeah, so I apologize to, to all Dairy Queen fans. Uh, yeah, I want to set the record straight. Uh, I'm so sorry. Please <laughs> forgive me, Dairy Queen. I mean, you know what I just did for you? You dodged a whole bunch of well actuallys, and uh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for that. I do whatever I can. Thank play a little you. well actually defense out here. Thank you. Yeah, because we don't want we don't want the well actually uh, Dairy Queen 
police yeah, episode. They're the worst. They were I mean, the I, worst. they're uh, it's 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 beyond you know it's a thing, folks. <sighs> it's a thing. It is. It's bad. Uh, coming up next, we have a pretty fun guest who who's making a fun game that is on Kickstarter. You need to go check out that Kickstarter because it's it's a it's a throwback. It harkens back to some to an NES game, Little Nemo, and while this game isn't related to that NES game. It's heavily inspired by the source material for Little Nemo. And if you do like the NES game, you're sure to love it. So stay tuned for some Chris Totten. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for joining us here on Drunk Friend. To kick us off here, could you give us and our listeners the elevator pitch of your Kickstarter campaign? In other words, can you kickstart this conversation with your Kickstarter campaign? Ah, ah am I right? Ah, ah, ah. All right. Uh, hi, I'm Chris Totten. I am the founder and creator of Pie for Breakfast Studios, and we are kickstarting a game called Little Nemo and the Nightmare Fiends, uh, which is a video game based on a 116-year-old comic strip that puts it squarely in the public domain. Uh, but people might remember Little Nemo from an NES game or a movie from the 1980s. Um, so that character, again, is from a comic strip. He is in the public domain. So uh, when we figured that out, we said, hey, these comics are gorgeous. Why don't we make a video game out of them with hand-drawn art? Um, and that's what we are doing. Uh, it's a nonlinear platformer. Uh, it, it, you know, it, imagine like a Demon's Crest or a Shantae type game uh, with four playable characters. Each of them have their own unique abilities and they can uh, be swapped out at any time so that players can do the ability of one, swap to the other midair, you know, do that character's ability, swap, you know, as, right at, coming out of that ability and just start doing some like really cool you know, chain combos and things like that. Uh, people who are familiar with the NES game, um, you know, we are doing lots of references to that. We can't, because it belongs to Capcom, like remake it or anything. But, you know, our intention is to create this sort of like love letter to Little Nemo, this character that that really is an important one in the history of animation and, and comics. Uh, that's a sort of like all-in-one encompassing Little Nemo game. It references the comic, it references the cartoon, it references uh, the NES game, and and we want to really uh, make people happy with it, make a make a fun game to play that makes them feel good. So when you say like the characters can you can freely switch between four different, can you do that anytime during gameplay? Like, or is there like a menu that you have to do that, like Ninja Turtles on NES, uh, or how does that? How does that work? So what it's going to do, the way we have it implemented right now, I mean, you know, everything's subject to playtesting with people, sure. but, you know, you usually hit the L button and that'll bring up a radial menu and, oh, you know, nice. you just like put the, you know, use the D-pad or the uh, stick to like navigate towards the character you want and then it'll just like poof of smoke and then you'll be the next character. Um yeah, so it's just a matter of just getting used to the, you know, you in other words, it's it's easy for a player to be like, yeah. oh, let me flip to this guy real quick and just flip back. It's so it's easy to flip between characters. That's, that's 
hope what, what, what i'm what i'm hoping when i hear that there's four because when you say demon's crest that's like one of the biggest flaws for yeah me. we don't like that, that stupid menu <laughs> well, and, and the other the oh other um, um inspiration yeah. is little samson so yeah um you know the, the game oh, that sure, costs like yeah. two thousand bucks uh, and that was actually one of the other reasons that we wanted to make it this way was that we were like, well, little Samson's cool, but nobody can afford it. Um, so let's let's do some little Samson things and then, you know, people can enjoy that as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. You have to pause and go to the thing. And and, uh, you know, also in that game, you can like lose your characters. We don't you just have one shared health bar. Um, you know, it's it's super easy to to swap between them. Uh, we want people to be able to do it fast. And that's, you know, one of the things that we talk about um, with with our uh, audience and like the backers and things like that. We have a lot of speedrunners in our community. And yeah, we don't, I mean, oh, we nice. want it to be a game where, you know, somebody who wants to enjoy a story and like stop and smell the roses can do that. Um, you know, and the original comics were very much like that, you know, where there'd be whole storylines where like nemo's just going around looking at stuff and some of some of the comics are really like people should go look these up there's a website called comic strip library um you know before warned like it is a comic from the early 1900s like 1905 and there are some stereotypes that don't stand up um which we are dealing with in our game uh we don't we don't have the stereotypes in our game um but you know Sometimes it's really just this like amazing artist who is a better artist than I will ever be um, showing off how he can draw and Nemo being like, wow, that's really cool looking. Um, so we want that to be part of the game. But the other thing we want is, you know, again, when we talk to our speedrunner fans and things like that, they're, you know, we want something that they can take these character abilities and chain them and, you know, break them as much as you know uh this is going to involve some play testing to make sure they don't like break the game or you know hit a game breaking bug or something like that you know we want the we want the people who want to play this at an extremely high level to feel like they can do that and you know same thing with like we want to do things like you know quick travel um you know skippable cutscenes, things like that so people can really scoot through if they want or, you know, like I said, you know, enjoy it and relax and, and enjoy uh, beautiful scenery. When you uh, when you likened it to Shantae, I was all in because that immediately made sense to me when you talked about switching characters and the nonlinear platformer piece. That's that is the closest yeah. in my mind as an analog to this as I can I can imagine. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I want to step back mm -hmm. a little bit. First, I want to mention to everyone that's listening, if you've made it this far and you're like, what? Um, this this is a Kickstarter campaign that. Uh, ends on April 1st, I believe. Is that correct? And Yes, and we are 72% there. So it's gone up 2% since I looked earlier today. That is good news. Uh, so this will come out on a Friday, and so you'll have a little less than a week if you want to contribute to this Kickstarting campaign or Kickstarter campaign, and we will link that in the, the, in the description of the podcast so that if you do want to support this, uh, you can do that. So I wanted to put that out front in case, uh, uh, so just so that no one missed it, but I wanted to step way, way back, and you know, I I get that you you probably maybe you grew up enjoying the the Little Nemo uh, NES game. Maybe you were a bit of an art head as a kid, and you knew who Windsor McKay was, uh, and impressed all of your your friends with that knowledge. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. An art head? Art what would you head? call that? A, what would you, a colored colored pencil head? I don't know. Someone who likes art. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but what was your introduction into <laughs> Little Nemo or Windsor McKay way back? I mean, assuming that you, you knew about this before you wanted to make a video game about it. So it's it's funny. Like, I, I for some reason, like, remember exactly seeing the little Nemo box at the grocery store, like rental counter area, like thinking like, Oh, it's a Capcom game. Wow. Capcom is great. You know? And then the, the box is so cool. Right. Um, and you know, for the NES mm-hmm. game I'm talking about and, you know, took it home, got my butt kicked <laughs> by it, but had a lot of fun, enjoyed the music and the art a lot. Like it's a gorgeous <laughs> game. I was playing it uh, the other day. Cause I just got one of those, uh, AVS, consoles the oh, fpga nice. thing um yeah so we were enjoying oh. some little nemo yeah um and i'm way out of practice with it but uh yeah you know so i i played that and it kind of stuck with me i thought it was a really cool game uh so it was one of those like regular rental type of games that you have when you know you don't have your own spending money to buy every game <laughs> that you like and um i remember probably in college either late high school or college being like, oh, what was that one game I liked? Oh, yeah, Little Nemo. Yeah. So I looked it up and then I found these comics because like, you know, when you Google something like that, you just get everything. And so I found these comics and I was like, what is this? <laughs> um, and again, like really hmm. go check out the comics. Um, comics don't look like this anymore. Uh, they, they were comic strips, but they weren't like four panel comic strips. They were the entire page like an entire newspaper size. So think of, you know, an entire newspaper, but that's the entire size of the comic strip. Um, so you just had these really inventive panel layouts that would do really, really experimental stuff. And, and you have to remember, this is an era, especially that um, the comic strip as a thing that was regularly in newspapers was like less than 20 years old. Uh as a regular thing, you know, there was like a few things in magazines and things like that beforehand, but um, it was really like a mass media thing for the first time for not very long at that point. So, you know, the worst, the word uh, use of like word balloons was not standardized yet. The use of panels was not standardized yet. Um, so you have these things that are, some of them are almost like they could be stained glass windows uh, basically. And, you know, the the drawing yeah. is, the rendering is so good. Plus, I have a background in architecture before I was a game developer. Um, I went to architecture school. I worked doing, like, 3D art for architecture firms and things like that. And, uh, you know, the architecture in it, like, really drew me in because it was like, holy cow, look at this. Um, it, you know, it's it's just one of the most beautiful pieces of, of comic art and beautiful pieces of art I've ever seen. So it was like, you know, that kind of became, you know, um, so I started reading them and enjoying them. And, and my wife eventually got me like a set of it and, and things like that. Um, so again, when I, I learned that it was in the public domain, it was like, holy cow, you know, why has nobody made a video game about this? And then, That's awesome. You know, well, why don't we? Yeah, I'm looking at some of these panels and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not an art head myself, uh, per se. <laughs> 
not a student of it anyway, but I Are am blown away. Are you an architecture away. head, though? I am not, actually. We have I'm... an architecture head on our podcast here, just FYI. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not, but, a, um, I'm yeah. not an art or architecture head, but I'm really impressed with the amount of detail that goes into these. And I'm not, again, I'm not versed in this, but was Windsor McKay's, I guess, the effort that he put into this, did that alone stand out in its day? Or was everyone just really going at it back then and everything looked like an acid trip because I'm looking at some of these things and they're so full of color and detail and whimsy and it's it's kind of intimidating to look at but it's really rich with qualities was that common or was that just him uh that was just him I mean there are illustrators that did you know like engraving style drawings but that they really kind of stand out um McKay like started drawing from a really young age and just like never stopped would draw compulsively. And, and you hear about um, stories of like, he was like five foot, nothing basically. <laughs> I and love would, that phrase, um, five foot. No, you must've watched the movie, Rudy, you're five foot, nothing. <laughs> you weigh a hundred and nothing. And you come to Notre Dame with, <laughs> you're leaving Notre Dame. With I'm sorry to sidetrack you, but I love that phrase. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Um, no, he's like a really short guy. And, and, um, but, he would do these billboards with like one pencil stroke and the billboards were like eight feet tall and things like that. So he became an unintentional like street performer at art. Um, and, and you got to remember too, this was an era where um, it was like vaudeville. So that somebody could draw really fast was an act. So he became like actually kind of famous for his drawing mm -hmm. ability just for these reasons. And he was putting out, because um, if you look at an, at a Nemo, those were, weekly on Sundays. Um, but he was also putting out daily comics and, you know, which like, if you look at them, there's a few, one is called dream of the rare bit fiend, which is like the basic premise of that. If you think Nemo's trippy, um, Nemo is like trippy, but for kids, <laughs> uh, dream of the rare bit fiend is trippy for adults and dark. I'm into it. I'm going to check that out. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. But um, you know, the, the premise of it is that like somebody ate really rich food and then went to bed and then had a weird dream, <laughs> but the, the dreams are like, again, they're, they're just, they're screwed up. Right. So yeah. part of our, part of our game and like, again, McKay had a really dark sense of humor. There's even some Nemo's that it's like, did he get his scripts mixed <laughs> up? Did he put one in one pile and one in the other pile? Cause there's like a few Nemo's where it's like. I don't know, like Lovecrafty and horror, um, <laughs> and they have to be some of my favorites. Um, sure, but does he have tentacles coming out of his face or something? Uh, like what the hell? Well, there was one where like <laughs> he's walking another character home, and they're walking through this like part of town with just like a ton of houses, and then the houses grow these spindly legs, and then just start walking at them, <laughs> and then. They like, they run them down, and then uh, every comic ends with Nemo waking up. Um, so he just wakes up from this, and it's yeah, it's it's incredible, <laughs> it's wild. Um, See, I'm just I'm just thinking of Professor Frank's uh, security <laughs> system from The Simpsons, where he <laughs> the house has robotic legs and it runs down the road and tips over and explodes. You're you're <laughs> not far off. <laughs> Um, but like, 
Yeah, actually, one of the and to get back to the game, one of the things that we had talked about with you know our approach to the villains of the game was like, hmm, what if the one comic was invading the other comic? And that's not literally what's happening, but it's like our our villains like this other comic. This is your bad right. guy. I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So like you know, uh, there's one where like you know, a mosquito lands on a guy and then just like keeps drinking and keeps drinking and keeps drinking and then explodes and the guy wakes up. That's not a Nemo. That's a rare bit fiend, but you know, that that's uh, a regular. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> well, the mosquito gets like wasted off of it too. Um, it is. Uh, yeah. It's that kind of imagery that we're like, you know, yes, that like we want the bad guys to be like kind of scary, but you know, not, not, beyond e for everyone scary um because you know i i legitimately do want um you know i have kids and and they love this by the way they love that i'm working with this comic um you know my my uh, 21 month old son like the i work my pandemic office is his bedroom also so like every morning he wakes yeah. up and then ha- so i put up like posters on the wall so when i'm teaching I can, uh, uh, you know, have like what looks like my office behind <laughs> me. Um, I have my Nemo poster up and he always says good morning to the moon every morning. <laughs> um, yeah. Aww. So, um, but, but uh, yeah, like my kids love this. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, I don't want to make it too much, you know, but a yeah, little I- bit. Yeah, that's totally a fair. Temptation, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, in doing the Little Nemo property, and I know you said it's public domain, so there was probably not many hoops to jump through. But were there any, curiously, uh, for getting to, for using this property at all? Uh, no. Once something's in the public, do- I mean, you know, we had to do extensive research on like trademarks and if there are any trademarks on Little Nemo and things like that. And and there have been a few attempts, but they. They usually fizzle out because like little Nemo is just out there. Um, you know, it's, it's in the public domain. Um, you know, we obviously couldn't touch like IDW comics did a, a, a series in 2015 called return to slumberland, which they, they did. Um, they did, you know, copyright and things like that, you know, trademark and things like that. Um, but you know, we're just staying away from other adaptations again, apart from like, you know, some references, like we do have a frog and a salamander and like, you will be able to feed them candy, but not for the same reason you could in the NES game. Um, candy is just like the currency in, in our game. Cause like, it's the dream of a seven year old. So candy is the most important thing. Um, yeah. Of course. Um, so, yeah. I was curious about that. If, you know, how far away you had to make it from the Capcom game to be, obviously non-derivative of of that source uh, of that game's recipe if, if that was constantly a conscious decision to be like well don't go near that because capcom did that and we don't want that trouble um well there's there's some of that i mean you can't unless your game mechanic is very 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 unique um and novel and it's never been done before you know it's hard to patent game mechanics but at the same time little nemo plus animal suits plus keys plus you know at some point you're like 
you're just ripping off the other game. Um, so we were what we did was we were like, well, what what kind of gameplay do we want to see from this? And you mentioned like, you know, thinking about a Shantae game. And we were thinking a lot about Shantae because we were like, well, really what we did was look at the comic and let the comic be our guide. Um, so we wanted to figure out like, what are you doing? What is Nemo doing in the comic? You know, he's going and he's having an adventure and that adventure goes awry and he wakes up. And because of that, we were like, okay, what if we did, and this is where the Shantae comes in. What if we did a Shantae type game where in Shantae or Monster World or Monster Boy, you know, any of those kind of games, you know, there's these like little mini Metroidvania areas, but you always go back to town instead of it being just like this sprawling maze, like an actual Metroidvania, Hmm. you know, Nemo goes in and explores an area and then wakes up, whether it be like, I, I, you know, ate it Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, fell out of bed or I beat the boss and I'm waking up and feeling great. Um, but then you can go like explore his house and then unlock parts of his house and then you know get stuff from the house and then take that and you know be powered up and go back to slumberland for the next area or something like that um so that's where the structure comes in is that the house is really our hub and um you know it's going to be where a lot of your like base functions are and then you kind of venture out uh via like getting into bed and then picking your map and then you know going to like you know starting on the checkpoint on the map where you want to go and you know and and so there's like a dream hub world that's really cool yeah it'll and you know one of the things that we would love to add um it's in our stretch goals uh you know we're also looking at uh publishing you know partnerships with it so one of the things we'd love to add um and i i say this very carefully because like as a game developer you know there's all those news stories where it really comes down to the game developer talked about, was talking about a thing they shouldn't have <laughs> talked about in a certain way and it turned into an announcement. So I'm, I'm always very careful not to announce Understood. anything. Yeah, but like, you know, we've talked about this publicly previously. We, you know, we'd love to do a, um, you know, a flying bed kind of world map. Like, again, the Demon's Crest where you kind of, you know, you're on that overworld and you can fly around and, you know, dive down on stuff. Um, we'd love to do that with like the flying bed, um, you know, which is another popular like thing in Nemo, at least from the movie. Um, so we wanted to do something like that again, not announcing (laughs) that, but, uh, you know, (laughs) wish list. Um, so we want to, we want to like beef that up if we can. Um, you know, another thing that we've talked a lot about is, you know, in the, in the house, like having a kitchen and, um, again, currently wish list item but that kitchen would be where you know if you go and you eat something again kind of like those other comics where and and nemo did this gag for a while where he was like oh why'd you eat all those donuts <laughs> um you know now you're now you're having like night terrors uh <laughs> but you know if you go and you eat something that could like maybe in- increase your you know maybe buff uh, give you a buff or give you a debuff and you know uh you can- <laughs> I like how that's phrased. Yeah, it's it's a buff, yeah. just like an RPG buff or a debuff uh, before you go to sleep. Yeah, basically, because like you know, and and we want there to be variable difficulty. Again, we want people to be able to play this as as how they want. So 
you know, imagine being a speedrunner and doing a, I don't know, moldy cheese run. And <laughs> like, you know, that's it like lowers your jump ability or something, you know, I don't know, like your, your, uh, sure. makes it so that, you know, you get extra something, but you only take a few hits to die or something like that. So, you know, we want that to be something that people can do to kind of like dare each other to do stuff. And then likewise, you know, oh, well, the whatever the equivalent of, uh, I was just playing Mario 3D World before this, uh, you know, getting the, the golden shiny uh, raccoon suit, you know, the, the one that just kind of makes it easier. Like we could have stuff like that too for when you're playing with, you know, uh, younger or less experienced players who really just want to like see the world. So I have to ask, uh, Mega Ran, also known as uh, Random, and uh, you know he's a chiptune DJ. Yep. For those that don't know him, Google him, look him up. He's awesome. Um, he's contributing a track to the game. What's what's been what's what's it been like working with him? Uh, and how did that connection come about? So he's such a cool dude. <laughs> he's such like a good. <laughs> I, I just want to start with that. Like he is a good person. Um, <laughs> Um, so I, I met him a few years ago, like really briefly. Um, so I used to live in DC and I work with the Smithsonian on this like arcade event called uh, Smithsonian American Art Museum Arcade or Sam Arcade. Um, and one of the things that we did one year was have like a bunch of performers and they had uh, and they also had an esports thing. Well, they got Megaran to do the announcing for the esports event. And he was like, just kind of like really into the event. And he's like, hey, can I go, can I go like do some songs downstairs in your auditorium? And um, so they said, yeah, sure, fine. And uh, so he does this like surprise show. And during the show, he says, hey, everybody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, do this song. The, the music is a little more obscure. Um, you might not have heard of it. You know, it's called, uh, it's from a game called Little Nemo, the Dream Master. And I'm in the back. And this is like, at, this is years ago. This is like at the point where I had written down the first like foundational ideas for the game, but hadn't like made anything yet. And like, you know, I'd been into, you know, Little Nemo and the NES game and the comics and all that other stuff. I yelped so loudly <laughs> from the back <laughs> that he goes, Hey, somebody heard of it. And so, um, but you know, because I was helping run the event, I like gave him one of the event books and just chatted with him afterwards. Like, Hey, thanks for doing that. That was awesome. Um, you know, and by the way, yeah, I was that, I was that guy that yelped at little Nemo. <laughs> I love little Nemo. Uh, so we chatted about that for a bit. And then when the Kickstarter started, um, within the first week, like he also put out a piano version of his dream master, like little Nemo song. And so I just like responded to the tweet about it. And was like, Hey, you know, like we're doing a little Nemo game. And, and, you know, uh, we started chatting. He's like, what can I do? What can I do? Like, let's talk. What, how can we work together on this? That's awesome. Um, so yeah. So, you know, we, we talked it out and, he's he's gonna be on the on the album and we're super excited about it because you know like we've also got um 
Wayne Strange, who's, you know, he's done like video games live and Materia Collective, and he's done um, some work with AAA and, and things like that. So, you know, we got the two of them chatting a little bit and it was like, oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> this is going to be amazing. Um, See folks, Twitter's not inherently evil. There's some things that can come about of, you know, organically and they can be good things. Twitter's not always true. <laughs> Right. That's how this podcast started. Awkward interaction <laughs> with uh, with Alex turned into a a, a year long commitment to talking <laughs> to him weekly. Like, uh, with this pandemic starting, I'm like, uh, I don't know, uh, what should I do with my extra time? Might as well start a podcast, I guess. I don't know. Travis like, really? I'm in. And I'm like, uh, wasn't there some uh, sort of stat last year that like podcast mics were selling out everywhere because everybody was starting yeah, a podcast? Yeah. It's a low bar of entry. You just have to have a microphone. I mean, that's all you got to have. Yeah. But here we are. 47 episodes. Yeah. Or no, wait, we're killing no, it. This man. is 46. We're killing episodes. it. Yeah. We're killing, killing it. Uh, I want to ask a little bit about the Kickstarter process because I have given to some Kickstarters yeah. in my day. Some go well, some don't. And it's always a bit of a gamble. But your Kickstarter page is, I'll say, probably the best one I've ever seen. It's got so much information. There's a lot of, um, I don't know what you would call it, but certainly, I guess, proof that you're very, extremely capable of what you're trying to set out to do. There's a lot of animations, a lot of story and sprite work and levels and all that stuff. What's I'm sorry. When I go to this Kickstarter page and I look at, you know, I'm on my desktop computer and I look to the right at the scroll bar and it's like tiny and I'm like, holy crap, look at the sheer amount of stuff on this Kickstarter page. <laughs> it's like it's like one thing after another, and it's all these like huge you know, all the artwork and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, to to just to accentuate Trav's point, what he was saying. Um yeah, there's a ton this is one of the most impressive Kickstarter pages I've ever seen. It's like, yeah, this this guy's coming from a good place. It's it's clear because he's showing you. Yeah, it's well, thank you. First of all, <laughs> that's that's a huge amount of praise. Because um, like there are a lot of Kickstarters that I have seen that I'm like, oh, Hyperlight Drifter, yeah, 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 Shovel Knight, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, all those. Um, yeah, we we wanted to keep the text as minimal as like we wanted to state things very plainly. Um, and, and myself being, an, I, I should mention, I teach uh, game development as my day job at um, a, a college in Ohio, Kent State University. Um, and we, uh, so as an academic, keeping my word count low is always a challenge. So I always welcome uh, those opportunities to grow as a writer. Um, but yeah, trying to like kind of just get information out really quickly and get to the eye candy and have lots of eye candy. Um, one of the things that, you know, if you really look at Kickstarters, you're either going to see, um, basically we wanted to show like we have gameplay, we have a lot of content, um, you know, since putting the video together, because, you know, and, and let me tell anybody who's a gamer out there, you know, if, if you watch like E3, for example, most of those those uh, demos and trailers and things are totally faked, um, and you know, like the person just doesn't go to the part where it'll make the computer smoke <laughs> and things like that. So, like basically, we set the game up to be to be functional uh, with all the core features, 
um, so that we could capture video. Now we're actually like tearing all the guts of the game back out so that we can, like Ben is basically putting it all back together in a, well, we made it work. Now let's make it work efficiently. Um, and it's even like better now, like the physics are even better now, um, which is, is quite an achievement. But, um, you know, usually we wanted to show like we have tons of gameplay, lots of content, lots of animation. Um, so basically like I just spent, you were talking about, um, you know, doing stuff in the pandemic. Basically, I just like put myself on a very specific regiment of of just sitting down every day and drawing, um, drawing frames of animation. You know, sending them to everybody. You know, having them take a look, um, things like that. And and uh, you know, I'm actually a self taught animator, but uh, Ben actually, who's our programmer, he went to animation school uh, and has done like hand drawn cell painting everything uh so i always ran it by him to be like does this look okay and you know he was always my my sanity check um and then you know we've got some other like i teach in an animation school so we've got other animators around to say like yay or nay um so you know we wanted to for people who were going to actually read the page, we wanted to describe it for people who are going to scroll through and look at the pictures. We wanted there to be lots to look at as a sort of like, yes, we are capable of doing this. Yes. Look at our process, look behind the curtain. And then we wanted our video to just be like full of gameplay. Um, because, you know, you do see a lot of Kickstarters that are like maybe a second or two of gameplay and then, you know, animated intro yeah. or something like yep. that. Um, we wanted, we wanted to like, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I know a lot of people in the game industry, but, you know, apart from a few really famous names, gamers don't always know people in the game industry. And, you know, we're very aware of that. So it's like, how much proof can we put into this Kickstarter page so that, you know, even if people are like, Oh, who's that? Guy? I, I've never heard of that guy before, but they'll look at the page and be like, oh, okay, <laughs> they've done their work. Um, and, you know, like we've got what several. Ben's been doing this at least 20 years. I've been doing this for 15, Adrian's 15 or 16 years. So, like, we've got collective decades of experience and have launched a bunch of stuff. So, um, you know, as doing a game project, it's like definitely in good hands. Yeah, it's it's very evident. And just the amount of work that went into the Kickstarter and preparing all of that stuff and getting your your concept down into something that you could record as gameplay. I mean, you did all that with no kickstart money. So how what we you know how much what was the amount of work and time that it took to to put into just getting that campaign off the ground because it looks like a ton. It looks like my entire year's salary would be necessary times 3 to even pull some of this <laughs> off just to just to get started. Um, yeah, I have been doing this on half days for at least the last year. Um, like I said, I mean, this really is our pandemic sure. project. And um, one of the things that's nice about that academic world that I work in is that, you know, I can do stuff like this and attach this to like my tenure case. And you know, have this be my creative output. 
and especially since my uh, my program is a games and animation program you know i can take this material and and uh kind of box it up as a way to say like we are critically analyzing this seminal piece of animation and and comic art um and art history uh through the lens of like a game development process and and sorry sorry for suddenly getting very academic on you but uh it's it's the kind of thing that we can um it's why the game is so detailed because i have to be detailed and i want to be detailed because that is like kind of the mode that you know it's like we we uh i don't know we're we're digging through the earth and we keep finding like cool stuff underneath and we want to keep going um so that's that's one of the wonderful things about this project and you know it it just the the stars kind of align with we were home a lot and had a lot of you know had more time <laughs> um to get stuff like this done but also um this is just kind of how my day job is and you know the the two things meet in a really nice place that that um we can make this really rich piece of of game artwork You've done a great job, and I'm really hoping that it it works out here with the Kickstarter. You're like you said earlier, you're at seventy percent. You got about seven days to go. I got to ask, how are you feeling about it? You are you feeling pretty good about it? I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Um, you know, we did. We're, I mean, less than twenty k away. Um, like very much less than. Um, so like nineteen. 19,300 something You're refreshing the same page i'm on i can tell yeah are you are you neurotically hitting refresh on that these days well the nice thing is that kickstarter like the little green number just kind of auto i've been refreshing scroll. for no reason then yeah um, good to know but um yeah no it it kickstarter i don't wish these on anybody because I've, I've previously done one i did one of these and, and talking about like getting all academic with your game um, so I've actually done public domain games before. I did one, uh, a tabletop game based on the book Don Quixote. And same kind of thing, like make cool game, but make it like, what if we analyzed this novel through a game and did this very deep dive into it? And it just became a fun party game that you can use to like tell your friends it's a party game and then you actually trick them into playing a tabletop <laughs> RPG. Uh, but hmm. You know, so like I've launched these public domain things before and I did a Kickstarter for it. And that was like for way less scale of money. But oh man, Kickstarters are tough. <laughs> Kickstarters are really tough um, because it's just so stressful. And then it's it's funny. I feel like on one hand, Kickstarter is really great because it allows you to get the thing in front of people. But also, there have been enough Kickstarters that have crashed and burned that people, you have to really, and this is why our page contains so much proof and information, people approach Kickstarter now with a bit of skepticism. Mm, yeah, totally. Uh, you know, and again, this is why we want to make it very clear to folks like, hey, look, we get that. We backed some of those too. Um and, you know, we want to make sure that uh, folks know that, you know, the game is in good hands. But, um, you know, yeah, part of that does come with the stress of, like, 
it's easy to reach an audience, but then also other places don't want to talk to you because it's a Kickstarter and like Kickstarters aren't really news like they used to be. Um, so it's, it's, unless you're one of those campaigns that goes in with a big marketing budget beforehand, which, you know, we decided to do all our own marketing to save money. Um, cause you see those ones that are like funded in, you know, 12 hours or something like that. Those are usually the ones that are taking, like they have somebody taking out a ton of ads for them and things like that. Um, you know, we've really been trying to get this in front of people, um, get it in front of eyes, get on podcasts like this one, um, which thank you for inviting me, by the way. And, and, you know, really pounding pavement to uh, get eyes on it. But uh, as a result, I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Well, hopefully you're not, you know, we're not exhausting you too bad here. Um, as far as, like, the games, you know, you, the uh, core mechanics go of the game itself, you've got your four playable mm-hmm. characters. I, do you have a, uh, you, you've got Nemo's House, the Night Sky, the Mushroom Forest. Do you have a, is there a password system? Am I going to have to write down passwords? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's like the an NES game, but you do have boss fights, right. which is awesome. I love games with boss fights. Um, but yeah, we wanted a big boss fight. Like again, the the thing with McKay is that um, there are some screwed up monsters in in that comic. Like there are those. Uh, if you go on the Kickstarter page, there's some clowns that are called the Pie Eaters. I mean, they're it. They are it. They're Pennywise, basically, <laughs> before there was Pennywise. Um, like, they want to eat him. So we were like, well, there is a boss. Uh, but yeah, there are tons of screwed up things like this. It just lends itself really well to a game, is is the whole point. Yeah. Um, hence why it's been a movie, you know, from the anime in 1989. And um, the game, the little Nemo, the Dream Master, which, by the way, has an ar- is that an arcade port? Is the NES game an arcade port, or did the arcade game game come come later, or like? Uh, I don't think it's a port. I'm. I can't remember which one came. It might have been the the home console one. They are very different. Yeah, games. I was gonna say they look really different, but I was like, holy crap! Like, well, well and it's funny too because like they are not like McKay at all in some yeah. parts, and then they are like really like McKay in other parts. Um. Because the NES game, I might have to look like, into this further. That's this is really yeah. interesting to me. Okay, so um, like Nemo never wears his any animals as a suit in the original comic um, or anything like that. But like you know, there is a mushroom forest in the comic, and that's why we're using a mushroom cool. forest because it's actually one of the like cool scenes in the comic. Um, there's a uh, there's oh uh, topsy turvy the upside down house that's actually based on a, a story arc in the comic called befuddle hall that's basically just like a fun house you know think of like the beginning of willy wonka when they're going through and there's like the hallway where they get smaller and you know all the weird optical illusions that's what befuddle hall is you know so they have that and then the game has like other stuff from the comic they're on uh, this car where the wheels aren't actually wheels. They're like goats or something like that. <laughs> That's a thing in the comic that was in the movie. Uh... Each of them have their own bit of Windsor McKay in there. You know, we really wanted to uh, dive in and like, 
kind of put it all in and and you know have a holistic look yeah fantastic the the arcade game is the only game though so far that you can play as flip and uh flip is like for those who don't know flip is uh little nemo's like best friend he's a clown and he's actually like a really cool character i'd say he gets like the most character development over the entire comic strip but he's only ever been playable in the arcade game um, so we we're that was one of the first thing we said is like, well, we have to have playable flip like he's he can't not be playable. So, you know, look forward <laughs> to that. <laughs> Very cool. Right on. Yeah. Well, thanks again for stopping by and filling us in on this incredible game that you guys are working on. And hopefully you get a chance to make with this uh, successful Kickstarter. So once again, everybody, if you check that podcast description or just google kickstarter little nemo that's how i found it uh you'll be taken to the page and it's full of information a lot of colors which was my favorite part because i don't like to read so it was a fantastic fantastic looking kickstarter page i gotta say so everyone please uh please check that out any last things you want to say about the uh about the kickstarter campaign here chris before we go um you know we know that there's a lot of fans of the different little nemo uh media out there we hear you. We're listening to you. Come join our community. Come reach out to us. We're very approachable. Um, I'm at Totter87 on Twitter. I, I love talking about this, obviously, as you've heard. <laughs> so please, uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask me about the the, the game or the campaign or anything like that. Um, you know, we know folks are always a little hesitant about kickstarters nowadays after after some of those projects that have gone awry but you know we've got a lot of awesome people in our corner uh you know we're talking to a lot of other awesome people that are going to help us out and we're really just excited uh for people to uh join us on this journey to explore this like important piece of uh animation and art and and make something really really magical so you know Come, come help us, help us, uh, you know, meet our goal. Right on. Right on. And I, oh, did you beat me to the right on there, Trav? I was uh, going to say right on. But sorry. It's like I'll let it mine out. Split second. Come on. You got to <laughs> edit that out. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I really appreciate your use of the word folks. I, I, I don't hear many other folks <laughs> saying folks as often as you do uh, or, or as often <laughs> as me. So when when I hear folks uh, use as often as you do, so I, I appreciate that. Just want to say that it's one of those... it's uh it's very inclusive. Yeah, it is. I, it's, I... it's inclusive and it's yeah all encompassing. And um, yeah, check this game out. Um, check out the Kickstarter. Make sure that this becomes a game and all that sort of stuff. So we appreciate you coming on. Appreciate being on. Thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. All right, everyone, that's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. And please do. We love hearing from you. We'll respond here eventually. We're, we got caught up all the way to St. Patrick's Day, so we're pretty close. Sorry we're slow, though. Please. Happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays, though. Please keep that coming because, you, you honestly, you never know. Uh, and Easter's coming. Please head over to polymedianetwork.com <laughs> if you want to hear more podcasts. Like this one? There's Tales of the Lesser Medium if you like funny video game narratives. You know, we, we dunk on Resident Evil and uh, Half-Life and all that stuff. It's pretty fun. Petey's Power Hour with our friend Michelle. If you want to learn about the toxins you're ingesting whenever you pour yourself a cocktail, Petey has all the information. And Polykill, Yum. if you just want to hear about 
two dudes, one of them's me, and the other one is, a, is someone that's better at games than me, and we talk about why I'm so bad at video games, it's entertaining, and Indie Quest about indie games. And more. Oh, and more, And if yes. you're not interested... Oh, God damn, I almost forgot the more, <laughs> more. And if you're not interested in sending us an email, I don't blame you because we don't read them. But anyway, it's not a big deal. Uh, just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big time. Please rate and review. I hear you out there. You probably just hit skip or stop the podcast because you're yeah. like, I don't want to rate and review anything. Don't do you that. Fucking, you rate and review it, please. The hell is your problem. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, you can find us all. Uh, I wasn't going to go that far, but Alex is right. You can find us all on social media. I'm just going to read the rest of this because you're in such a bad mood. Uh, you can find all of us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Travs Plays Games. Well, oh, you're not. Uh, Alex is, of course, at Snestruck, mm-hmm. and you can find at Totter87 on Twitter. Uh, that's our guest. And you can also find him at PFB Studios. For more information on the little Nemo, Nemo, little Nemo game that he is uh, producing, so and as always, the music you heard in the beginning and you can hear right now is composed by our friend Coolor. The track you heard is called Electric Starbounce. You can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout Podcast page. Shout out to Josh, Le- Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo and our pal Seth Hoffman. For landing us some great guests. Thank you, Seth, Josh, and Coolor. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day.